Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. This morning we talked about passing over, moving toward maturity. Tonight I want to talk about passing over, taking promised territory. Taking promised territory. I don't know about you, but I don't want to settle. I said I don't want to settle for some kind of second-rate relationship with God or settle for some kind of limited promise. I want all of it. Everything he has for me, I want it. I want it. But the promises of God often come with a clause and a catch. If you do this, then the Lord said, I would do that. Amen. I want to pass over into his promise. Take it. Taking it. Amen. For what God has for us. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 1. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and hast cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Gergahites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Persites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. When the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them, utterly destroy them, Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them, neither shalt thou make marriage with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his sons, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. God was serious about what they needed to do to get their promise. You need to take care of this completely, totally. Don't marry it. Don't make a pact with it. Don't compromise with it. Take that territory over. Amen. I want to take some territory over in my walk with God. I want to take some territory over in Medora, Indiana. I want to take some territory over in Jackson County, in my life, in my home, in my world, and in this church. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Help us, Lord, tonight as we progress into this message. Lord, let me speak, oh God, as you would have me to speak. I need your help. Lord, to lead this people as you would prescribe and feed your sheep. 
Lord, as you would want. Bless, Lord, this time in your word. Lord, and we give you praise and let everybody say amen. amen. Praise God. Turn around to somebody and say, I'm taking promised territory. I'm taking promised territory. You can be seated. One of the things that Moses spoke to Pharaoh, a very prominent and prophetic utterance in Scripture, he says, Thus says the Lord, let my people go. Not Moses' people, God's people. We are the sheep of his pasture. He didn't say, upon this rock, I will build Pastor Gill's church. He didn't say, upon this rock, I'll build Bishop's church. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. This is his work. This is his business that we are a part of. And when Moses said, let my people go, he was saying, let them out of the slavery of Egypt. Let them be emancipated from the bondage that they were under. Let them depart through the blood-stained doors of the bloods of the lamb posted on the doors. Let these Hebrews march out, amen, and head to the place where I have called them. And immediately as they marched out that very first day, a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud showed up with them, amen, the, the cloud by day and the fire by night. I often wondered why did the Hebrews give them so much money to get out? Why did they give them all this gold and why did they give them all that silver? I guess you would too if the people that is leaving, all of a sudden there is this huge cloud that forms above them or a huge pillar of fire that forms above them. Y'all got something. I, I Here, get out. Leave me alone. My, my firstborn's dead. Y'all need to leave. From leaving Goshen, to arrive in at Sinai was about four months from Passover to Sinai. When they get to Sinai, they come upon the place where there is a, a mountain now consumed with smoke and, and the fire of the Lord is upon this mountain and it, it, it is so uh, boggles their mind to see what is happening there because of the fire and the smoke and the awesomeness of God. Sometimes... MPC, we need God to move in a way that it shakes us, that it disturbs us, like he did in the early church when Ananias and Sapphira lied about their offering, God struck them dead, made people tell the truth about their tithe, kind of get a witness. So we find that Moses then begins to make his way up the Mount Sinai, he meant some eight times he makes his way up and down and he, he, he gets the, the law on the top of the mountain, not just the Ten Commandments. That's often what we think of, but that's not all he, he got. He got some, hundred, uh, some 613 laws, civil, ceremonial, and moral laws on, on how that people were to live before their God and worship their God and live with other people. 
instructions and directions concerning feast days and festivals and, and high days, detailed plans about how to construct a tabernacle of worship. The priest's garments were made to specification, dedication and commemoration and anointing of the priest, sanctification of the priest. We find that the understanding of Sabbath laws and all the other things that went with it was given to, to Moses by God during this time. It is also during this time that the rebellion of the golden calf, as Aaron made a golden calf because the people didn't have the patience to wait to see what God would do. Can I tell you, if I've just gone through Passover, I've just gone through the plagues and the death angel, I've just gone through all this and I've been liberated from slavery. I don't know if I'm going to be building no, no, no molten calf, but they did it because that's the nature of impatience. It's the nature of having impatience. Amen. So they were there. They were there for about a year or so, and then for about a year or so, they constructed the tabernacle. They made the garments. They did all that, the, the beautiful work and, and the fence that Bishop talked about entering into that, that, that gate or that outer court. They made the, the, the laver and they made the brazen altar and they made the tabernacle itself and they put in there the golden candlesticks and the table of shoe bread and, and the altar of incense and the veil and the ark of the covenant all these wonderful things that, 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 that he got from the God of glory. Amen. On the mountain. Amen. Year number two begins with the dedication of that tabernacle. Israel is now poised as a nation, not just simply an emancipated group of people of some uh, uh, irregular tribes, but now they are God's people as a nation, organized, encamped in their tribes, everybody knowing what they're supposed to be doing. And so year two is the year of revelation and, and instruction. It's the year of organization and building and worshiping and the Hebrews are now departing from Sinai and headed to Kadesh Barnea. We find that the Bible tells us they are now finally on the move at year two. And we often wonder why God didn't take them some just a few miles into the promised land because they were not ready. They were not ready. But in, in, in year two, they had everything they needed to go ahead and enter the promised land. And so they come up to the, the brink of the promised land and they send the spies into the promised land. And those spies go and look out and they, 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 they're amazed at the beauty. and They're amazed at what they have there in the promised land. And there they, they also see giants. So in year two, Israel should have marched into their promise. They should have marched into their promised land but instead they brought back an evil report an evil report in numbers 13 and and and, and verse 1 it says and the lord spake unto moses saying sin dispatch men Dispatch some men to search out the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers. Ye shall send a man, a ruler among them. These were not just 
anybody. These were important and wise men. And I want you to go and spy out the land. But when they come back, when they come back, here's what they're saying. There's grapes beyond compare. There's pomegranates beyond compare. There is fields that we wouldn't have to plant that are already there. Houses that we wouldn't have to build that is already there. We have got incredible opportunities before us. But they also said there are giants in the land. There are obstacles in the land. If you're going to move into this promised land, we got to get something out. We've got to evict something to set up our own homes. We've got to dispossess what God says to possess. The land is great, but so are the people. The land is wonderful, but the people are giants with walled cities, and we cannot get there. And we also saw the children of Anak there. We saw the giants in the land. It is full of all kinds of nations, all these ites everywhere. There's this ite and that ite. And, and we don't think that we could do it. And so God took a generation because of their unbelief and God said, okay, you were supposed to go in, but now you are going to die in the wilderness because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. Because of unbelief. Because they doubted. Because they grumbled. Because they had a, a heart that was not for the promise. They wanted to just, just barely get by. Amen. But I want to tell you today, we have to get it in our head. Are we going to have milestones or are we going to have tombstones? Are we going to set up shop and just simply say, I'll exist as this church or I'm going to exist in the promise that God has said he had for me. I refuse to settle and let my children go by way of the world. I'm not just going to settle and watch destruction come in the wilderness. I don't want to die in the wilderness. I don't want to die at some halfway point, but I want everything God has for me. I'm not looking for an exit. I've already exited the world. I'm looking for a promise. The writer of Hebrews refers to the day of unbelief and an evil report. He said, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 3 and verse 8, Hebrews 3 and 8, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation or the revolt in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear by my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. They're not gonna enter into the promise because of unbelief. It is time to tell unbelief where to go. It is time to tell doubt and fear that we cannot tolerate that in our life. Amen. It is time to say, devil, I refuse to accept no. I refuse to say that I'm just going to have to deal with this. I'm going to have to accept this. I'm not accepting this. I want my promise. I'm not going to just barely get by. I want my promise. I don't want to just walk in a little victory.
victory. I want to walk in total victory. I want my promise. Amen. I'm not going to just simply say that God can touch. I'm saying God can heal. I'm not just going to say that God blesses. I'm going to say God delivers. Amen. Some of us have got family and we got loved ones that are lost without the Lord. Amen. What are we going to do? Cry just on our pillows at night? Or are we going to say, I claim them in Jesus' name. I claim victory in their life. I claim salvation for their soul in the name of Jesus. I'm bouncing around a little bit, Sister Shelley. Be patient with me just a minute. Let's go to the book of Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 5. It is now the Joshua generation that begins to step upon the scene. And it is now the wilderness generation has died off. And, and I've said it before, I'd hate to bend that last old geezer hanging on. And everybody looking at me and saying, I wish he'd die. I'm ready to move in my promise. But some of us are hanging on to ideas and concepts that we need to let die fears and doubt that we need to let die and unbelief and bitterness that we need to let die pain of our past and what we have been through and, and just a remembrance of all that we have had and all that is done to us we need to get our eye on the victory that God has for us and overcoming power of the Holy Ghost I want to walk in victory not in abuse and victimhood Joshua's generation comes up now, and it says in Joshua 1 and 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, the Lord said, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee. I will not forsake thee. I will be with you. Can I tell you, I have a New Testament promise that's just as sure as Joshua's. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. He didn't leave us in COVID. He didn't leave us at the last sickness. He didn't leave us at the last problem. He didn't leave us at the last issue of our life. He said, I'm there. I'm with you. Sometimes we need to square our shoulder back and say, I may not be perfect, but he is, and he's with me. MPC, God is with this church. God uses this church all around the world, but I want you to know he wants to be used in your home. He wants to be used in your mouth. He wants to be used in your actions. He wants to be used on your job. Verse 6 says, the Lord said to Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide inheritance of the land, which I swear in thy fathers. Only be thou strong and very courageous. If you're going to deal with devils and issues and battles today, we need strength and courage. Somebody say, I need some strength. And I need some courage. 
He said, how am I going to do that? He said, here's what you do. Observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my service, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Where are they going? Not back into the wilderness, but they're going into their promise. God said, wherever you go, wherever you step, whatever your foot puts on a man you're going to be victorious and then he said this book somebody say this book this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then I wish somebody would say then for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then somebody say then thou shalt have good success have not I commanded thee be strong and be of a good courage be not afraid neither be thou dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest I want to tell you there was a portal of hell that opened up during the time of the pandemic and a spirit of fear and dismay was unleashed upon our country and upon our world and it can get into our heart where we feel like I'm going to give in and I'm going to give up. I can't take it anymore. I can't make it another day. Here's the message from the Lord. Be strong and be of good courage. The promise is just ahead of you. Don't give up. Don't go back to the wilderness. Don't die in the wilderness. Come on. I've got something for you. It's called my holy inheritance. It's called my holy provision on the other side. There's so much in this. I would love, maybe sometime we'll do that, and that is just simply follow all the journey of the children of Israel when they went and where they went and how they went. And it is interesting that they they went to to the location where the spies went out. They went to that location and they stayed there until the spies had gone and the evil report was given. And then they went right back to the northern coast of the Gulf of Aqaba. In the area of the Midianites. And though they, they may have moved a little bit, but it was only a little short burst of distances that perhaps they would move but for 38 years they stayed in one general location for 38 years God said I'm going to put you right over here until you learn your lesson God put all of a nation in time out I don't want to be a part of a generation of time out that I got to learn something the hard way, that I've got to go through something, amen, and never get to my promise. I am telling you, it's time to start praying, not as being in the wilderness, but being in the promise. It is time to start seeking God, not as, oh God, help me barely make it one more day, but oh God, I claim my inheritance, I claim my victory, I claim my family, I claim my ministry, I claim what God has got for me, I claim for my church a Holy Ghost revival in a generation that needs a Holy Ghost revival. Hallelujah. Jesus. 
The promised land speaks of taking territory. God said it was yours, but I have got seven nations you got to deal with. I got seven nations that you've got to face. You got to face the Hittites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Persasites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Seven nations greater and mightier than you, bigger and badder than you. Can I tell you, in my flesh, I cannot whip one devil. In my flesh, I cannot overcome one habit. In my flesh, I cannot overcome the things of this life that can beset my soul. But I have something with me. It is called a promise. It is called that he said, be of good cheer. He said, be of good courage. He said, I'm with you. And I come to tell somebody, if God is with you, there is not one devil that is greater than you. Not one adversary that's bigger than you. Oh! not one situation that's better than you but we've got to decide am I going to die in the wilderness or am I going to live in promise I choose to live in victory I choose to not just simply barely get by I want victory in the name of Jesus he said these are the ones you're going to match you're going to see these are the nations you're going to drive out. The first one I want to address is the Hittites. The word Hittite means annoyance, annoying, dread, and fear. The Hittites were a fierce nation that used terrorism and fear to weaken the hearts of their enemies. They were aggressive and violent and warlike. There is a giant today that we're going to have to face if we're going to enter into our promise. We're going to have to look fear dead in the eye and say, I got you, buddy. I have something bigger than your fear gun. I got a thing called my faith gun. I've got a faith to believe that your fear cannot. Let me just, let me just say this right now in the Holy Ghost. There's a lot of people today that are dealing with mental issues that if they would face their fear giant, they wouldn't need another session. They wouldn't need another drug. They wouldn't need another somebody to counsel them. They would just simply say, I licked that devil and I'm going to take my, my promise. I'm going to take my inheritance. Fear, you don't have hold on me. Fear, you don't control me. How about it? Anybody come through some fear? Anybody dealt with fear? Looked at fear in the eye and say, I am not going to die in the wilderness because you got my promise. The Hittites want you to play it safe. Don't try anything. The Hittites want you to grovel in fear and tremble in fear. It's a giant, like Pastor David preached about, shouting out, declaring, I got you. Uh-uh. No, you may be a little bitty pipsqueak, but if you got God on your side, the giant is licked in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, fear. fear. Watch out. I'm coming. 
Look at me. Fear, you're, it's time for us to turn it back on hell. It is time for hell to wake. When you wake up in the morning for the devil to start saying with all of his demons, oh, no, she's up. Oh, no, he's up. Oh, no, they're about to pray. Oh, no, they're about to call unto God. Oh, no, they're about to say, I want my promise. Hell is shaking at the weakest saint praying, at the weakest saint declaring the glory. I'm going to tell you today, you got more weapons loaded beside you than any devil can withstand. The first giant we got to evict is fear. Is fear. Do you know who leads the parade to hell? Do you know who leads the parade to hell? Every parade's got that person with the do, 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 do. You know that? Revelation says that the fearful and the unbelieving are marching to hell. They're leading the parade. That's not a parade I'm on. That's not a march I'm on. Hallelujah. Can you give God praise today that fear can be conquered in the name of Jesus? Hallelujah, fear can be conquered. You, you say, Pastor, I, you just preached part of this at, at camp meeting. You know what I knew? I've been doing this long enough that when I, when I preached that at camp meeting, I realized the enemy was going to come after me and he was going to throw everything he had. So for the last couple weeks, I have fought nothing but attack. I fought attack in my dreams. I fought attack in my mind. I fought attack in my... So I, I was real close, Brother Austin, just simply preaching some little cute Pentecostal pastor message and let us go on about our way. But I said, devil, oh no you don't. Oh no you don't. I'm not going to listen to your baloney. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm not walking defeated. I'm walking in victory. I'm walking in power. The second nation is the Gerga Heights. Gerga Heights. The Gerga Heights means the dwellers of the marsh are soft clay soil. You study the word and you will find that its etymology leads you to this thought. One who turns back or draws away from or to entice. The the Gergert Heights speak of the giant called compromise. Compromise. Give in that I talked about this morning. Don't you go to extremes. Calm down. Just chill. It's not as bad as you think it is. I want you to pray right now. I need somebody to pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm about to uncover some lies. I'm about to expose some lies. Amen. Because there's a lie called a giant called compromise that says that belief is not as bad as they're saying it is. That belief is not as awful and awful as they say it is. It sounds good. After all, look at the fruit. Look at all this. Amen. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how much good we do or how much fruit is produced. It is either truth or it is not truth. It is either this book. Amen. 
amen, or it is not, amen, according to the word of God. It is time to look at the giant called compromise and say, I am taking this territory, and I'm going to take it with truth. I come back to you with truth. Let me tell you what you said. Well, let me tell you what the Lord says. Like, like David said, amen, you come to me bragging, talking, spouting, but I come to you with some truth. I got a truth gun. I've got an axe in 238. You see what I did there? I've got truth. I've got truth on my side. The devil does not like truth. Some years ago, there was an old apostolic preacher debating a, another denomination on, I believe it was over salvation and baptism. And so this guy would get up with his fine oratory and big vocabulary words and he would talk about it, everything and the old apostolic preacher would get up and his southern drawl would read, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And every time it was his turn, that's all he did. Amen. And that would make that old preacher fuming and fussing and get upset. And he said, if my opponent knew, knew more than just Acts 2.38, then he would understand the whole picture. And so the preacher got up the next time and he said, I don't care what you say, it's still there. It's still there. Somebody say, it's still there. It's still there. Compromise, no. Hallelujah, it is still there. The third nation, the third giant was the Amorites. Everybody say Amorites. Amorite comes from the word that means slayer. To speak boldly. To command with one's mouth, to boast proudly. Amorite speaks of the giant called pride and rebellion. Make no mistake that pride and rebellion always walks together. Pride and rebellion always walks together. There is a giant of narcissism that is attacking our world today. It is the pride of self-worship. It is the pride of arrogance and boasting. Amen. The Bible said the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy and the evil way. Amen. What, what the Babylon alphabet's Alphabet soup is doing is simply exposing themselves when they call themselves pride. It's pride and arrogance. It's a giant that we should not cowtell to. It is a giant that we should not succumb to the idea of what are we going to do? How are we going to fight? I'm telling you how we're going to do it. We're going to raise kids and know Acts 2:38 and hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. How are we going to do? We're going to we're going to talk about the, that God designed. The family. Sister Gill said this today after service. She said, do you know why the alphabet, Babylon alphabet soup wants the kids? Because they can't have any on their own.
We don't have to be upset about that. We can battle that giant. Somebody say amen. The fourth is the Canaanites. The fourth is the Canaanite nation. And Canaanites were very prevalent. They were very wealthy. They were a large nation. The word Canaanite means trafficker or merchant. Amen. Unger's Bible Dictionary states that Canaanites valued and developed the arts and the science. And they excelled in ceramic art. They excelled in music and musical instruments and architecture. They excelled, excelled in, in, in making walled cities. They were very modern and very much uh, 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 progressive in their, their science and their abilities. The Canaanites were wealthy. They were not necessarily nomadic, but they were wealthy and smart. Amen. They were the giant of greed. They were the giant of entertainment. They were the giant of pagan worship. For the Canaanites worship Baal. Amen. But let me just tell you today that we don't have to fear secular intelligence. We don't have to fear secular materialism. We do not have to fear secular entertainment. Can you thank the Lord for that? Nation number five is the Perizzites. And that name means without restraint or protection. Perizzites were a stronghold. That meant unwalled. They were a nomadic tribe. They were a tribe that were running around to and fro. I want to tell you without restraint, pick Pictures in my mind, lust, pornography, and devils that are without restraint. Amen. Let me just say this today. We need to take our territory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Do you realize the enemy is out after this world? It is out after our children. It is out after them. So in the name of the Lord, we say, no, you can't have them. You cannot have them. You cannot have them. We're victorious in the name of Jesus. The Hivites speak of deception. The Hivites are the Hittite Hivites were the, the Hittites were warmongers, but the Hivites were smooth, slick talkers, deceitful. Amen. We need to be careful not to be taken in by this world, but to say to the giant of deception, I refuse to walk after you. I'm going to have victory in the name of Jesus. Then the giant of the Jebusites, which was demoralizing and destroying, they were demons, if you please that were taking strongholds and the Lord said their cup of iniquity has come to the full now I'm sending my people I want my people to tread them out I want my people to liberate that land it belongs to them let me bring to you a new testament understanding in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19 Jesus said behold I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions what is he talking about? He's not talking about taking up natural serpents and natural scorpions. He's talking about taking territory and walking on demons and walking on serpents of the enemy and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, somebody say nothing. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. No weapon formed against me. Amen. It's going to prosper. I'm going to make it through it in the name of Jesus. Have the conquerors tread. Have the conquerors tread. Stand with me, please.
may I read just a few more verses because I want to tie this together with communion. I want to tie this together with communion tonight. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 1, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. He's talking the story that we preached about. He's talking about the journey and how that some rebelled and some walked away and died in the wilderness. Verse 6, now these things were our examples to in the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. He's talking about the people in the wilderness. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them did, committed and fell in one day three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as many of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples that are written for our admonition and unto whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. So consider your, 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 your stature. Consider where you are. And he continues talking about those that... that, that that have been tempted and the Lord gives them a way out. But I want you to jump down to verse 16. He's talking about what happened in the wilderness and then he shifts in the middle seemingly to an unrelated topic. But as I begin to study, I found its relationship. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. Tonight, when you partake of the bread with your brothers and sisters in the Lord, when we partake together, what we are saying is that we're all one body. Lord, help us to act like it. Help us to be right with you. One body. Amen. We're all one body. Verse 18, Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifice partakers of the altar. What shall, what say I then, that the idol is anything or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. 
You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of devils. But we provoke the Lord to jealousy. Are we stronger than he? What is he saying here? He's saying, watch how you handle communion. Watch that you keep it sacred. Watch how you handle the bread because there is a cup of devils and a cup of pagan and then there's a, a cup of the Lord. There is the table of the Lord and there's a table of devils. There, there's the bread of the Lord and there's the bread of the devils. Amen. It is time to distinguish that my, my right is to say, devil, I have no communion with you. Devil, I have no reason to sit down and compromise with you. I have no reason to go into my promised territory and accept just eating with you. Amen. I will say today that somewhere in this building is a person that has got a prayer that they are praying and saying, oh God, would you turn my, my loved one around? Let me just say what you're doing is saying, I refuse to eat bread with the devil. I refuse to eat a cup with the devil. I refuse to give in to his attack. I refuse to give in to fear. I refuse to give in to compromise. So when you drink of this cup today, you are saying, I take authority in the fellowship with the Lord. This is what we must do. And that is say, I want my promise in the cup. I want my promise. Will you lift your hands and praise the Lord here today? Lord, I praise you, God. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.